Welcome to the John Harrison Podcast. Do you realize that 70% of people are disengaged at work? I don't think it's an overstatement to call that a tragedy, actually, because it affects the bottom lines of organizations, certainly, but it has a negative impact on all the people that work there, and their families, and the community at large. Nobody's talking about this. Well, on this podcast, we are going to talk about it. Welcome back to the John Harrison Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about a subject that may... um, divide the group. You may love these things, you may not love them, but we're going to talk about personality analysis, personality tests, just personalities in general. And I think, again, some people think, oh, I love this topic and I could listen to it for hours. But we also are going to have some people go, oh, I I hear about these things all the time. It seems warm and fuzzy. Why are we talking about this in the workplace? I think, you know, just do what I say you're supposed to do and life will be good. So with me today, I've got Deb Sadler. She's been a member of our team since the very beginning of, of John Harrison. Um, Deb's had a number of jobs, a lot of different industries, but really has used personality types in all of her jobs, uh, ranging from being a, a school teacher to the CIA and everything in between. For about 40 years, you've studied this, you used it. Uh, and so we, in our longer sessions, we do a, a fairly long, um, deep dive into this. But for today, I just want to talk about these in general. Like, what would you say to the people that say, well, this is worthless. Why are we talking about this? Or this is so awesome. And let's, I want to put people in these boxes that the personality test, you know, told me this is what their personality is. Yeah, I think people tend to kind of go to one of those two sides a lot of times. Um, I'm a big believer in moderation in all things, really. And I think this is just a, a typical example of that. I think I think personalities are important because it does have a lot to do with who and what we are, how we respond to things, how we communicate with people, um, how we like to have people communicate with us. And so I do think it's an important thing, but uh, I think people have a tendency to start putting people in little pigeonholes. It's like, oh, well, they're this, so they're going to act this way. And it's a much more complex thing than that. So there's lots of things that go into it, not just your personality, but your upbringing and uh, just so many other things. And so I think it's an important facet of an overall you know, person and how they're going to uh, work in a workplace, but it by no means should be a, de- a defining factor of anything. Gotcha. And, and I think people's first thought might be, well, so do the standards change? Like if everyone's supposed to be here at eight o'clock in the morning, does this personality type, you know, get to come in at eight fifteen, and somebody comes in at seven forty-five? if we have to have this project done by a certain deadline? And of course the answer to that is no, but actually I think you'll get more out of people if you understand how they, how they're wired, how they tick, how they communicate. So that's why we we think this is an important part of leadership and being a parent and everything else. It's it's part of who we are. Right, and a, a large part of what you do with John Harrison whenever we do um, all the different things that we do with different companies, uh, we're always talking about how important it is. Communication is just really important. Mm-hmm. So how we communicate with people is really important. So just a, a, a small conversation, just a two-minute conversation can change everything. So if, if they're struggling with something or how you approach somebody that you know that may has a, have a hard time meeting deadlines, but unfortunately their job, they have a lot of deadlines. And just uh, knowing that they have a personality that, that's hard for them. I think being able to, it can't change. You have to have the same standards for everybody. But maybe um, how you approach them on that, maybe having little reminders. Yeah, don't forget you have that, right. that sort of thing done. And so I think... Uh, to me, again, we always talk about this, um, that communication aspect, I think, is the most important of that whole personality thing when you're when you're talking, especially in a work environment. 
Gotcha. I agree. What a, people that are listening today might have taken one called the Myers-Briggs. They might have taken the Enneagram, which is kind of the most popular one in, in today's society. DISC, all of these. Which one of those is the best? <laughs> well, uh, they all... They all have good things about them, and they all have some holes in them. Uh, I don't think any of them are perfect by any means. I think it just kind of, it's a fad thing, honestly. It's like so different times. For a long time, when I started doing personalities, DISC was the big thing. Um, and that kind of got replaced by Myers-Briggs and, and, you know, all these other different things. And so they're, they're all valuable, I think. They all have good things about them. I think it depends on what is it you're looking for, like the Enneagram that you just mentioned. I think it's great. I've done a little bit with the Enneagram. Um, it's very complex, mm -hmm. and I think it's much more valuable. And even the people who did the Enneagram will say, you're not really supposed to figure out what everybody else is. It's really good about figuring yourself, what you are. And that's great. If that's what you're looking for, if that's what you want to do, I think that's really important to do something like that. The DISC test, uh, Myers-Briggs is a lot more, I think, complicated, complex than the DISC. And the one that we use, which is the, the animal personalities, the lion, otter, beaver, and golden retriever, um, I think those are helpful in a work environment because it's, it's not quite as involved. Mm -hmm. um, and as you always tell everybody, the reason we chose the one that we did, the animal one, it's just easier to see those qualities in other people because we give human qualities to animals. So when you say lion personality, you immediately get a mental image right. of what that personality is like. And that's why we chose that one. It's not because it's necessarily better. Um, it is a thumbnail sketch. It's, it's much more abbreviated than some of the others, but it's only one small part of what we do. So I think that that's helpful. Yeah, that's good. And yeah, I, I, I tell the story sometimes with my daughter took the Myers-Briggs she said, Dad, I, didn't you take the Myers-Briggs? And I said, yes. And she said, what were you? Well, there's 16 boxes in the Myers-Briggs, as, as you know. And I remembered that mine started with I. There's four letters, but I couldn't remember the other three letters. And I didn't even know what the other three letters stood for. So that's kind of Deb's point. Like with the one we do, we didn't create it. We've tweaked it a little bit. But we everything we do in our sessions, we want it to be very real world, simple, to help you as an employee, as a leader, whatever. And, and so we think the animal one is the best in that regard. Now, let's talk communication because Deb mentioned that. Let me give you an example just from my work life, and I want Deb to give one from her home life because this does apply very much at home. And basically, what all you have to think about that, <clears throat> excuse me, at home is if you have more than one biological child, it's pretty sure they are not the same. And people... When I say that in an audience of 100 people, I go, are your biological kids the same? They always go, oh my God, they're night and day different. Well, that says that we are wired different ways because if it's coming from the same genetics, same house, same rules, well, if your biological siblings or your kids are different, your team at work is gonna be dramatically different. And we, we hit that a number of ways in our sessions, but personality is one of them. But when I started at Caterpillar, my boss was what Deb just referred to as a lion. So very type A, bold, uh, bullet point kind of communicator. I didn't know that. I mean, I knew he had that those, some of those characteristics, but I didn't understand this whole topic of personalities. I was using our terminology, a beaver, which was very analytical and numbers-based and all this. So one of my first projects <clears throat> was a large financial analysis I had to do for the company. And I, man, I nailed it. I, I worked my butt off on it. And I had appendix A, B, C, D, E, and F. And it was in a beautiful binder with all kinds of charts and graphs. 
And I brought it to my lion boss and I said, here's my analysis. And literally he looked at it for probably a minute or two and said, great work, John. I love it. I agree with your recommendation. And, and he said, you know, basically you can go on your way. And I walked out of his office and I was angry. I was angry for a long time about that. And I know my lion boss didn't see it that way. He probably thought I'm making John's day. He's oh, on yeah, I agreed with him. He's a new guy. And yeah, yeah I bet you job. I just gave him so much confidence. He's on cloud nine. Well, I was irritated because he didn't look at appendix A, B, C, D, or E. <laughs> he didn't look at my charts, my graphs. Now, if I would have, seriously, if I would have understood this, I would have brought him a one-page summary with the key points on it. I would have had the details if he asked, because I'm a beaver and, and I'm analytical, so I'm going to have it. But I wouldn't have put it in the beautiful format. And that's just one example where he, we walked away from that conversation with very different thought process. And here I was frustrated, even though he agreed with my recommendation. And, and we talk a lot in our sessions, we've talked about on these podcasts about people their passion either being kind of put back into their day or sucked out of their day. These kind of things can suck passion out of people. And now they are frustrated at work and guess what? They go home and that frustration bleeds over to their family. So with that, tell me about your two sons and how this has helped you at home. Yeah. Before I talk about that though, yeah. I think it's just so important what you just said about those little things that can just suck the life out of you. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's not things that you talk about. Like you're not going to go back to your boss and say, hey, you know, it really upset me that you didn't appreciate, you know, right. Appendix Q that I worked on and all the charts and all these other little things. And so, um, but that kind of gets stuffed down a lot of times. And if there's enough of those, uh, there's just this general feeling of frustration and you may not even know what it, why, what it, why. <clears throat> yeah. And, but it's like just those little bitty things all day long or all week or all month or for years, you know, and, and people stuff those down. And it's just this general feeling of something's just wrong. I just don't know what it is. So I think it's really important to understand he, he wasn't trying to, you know, just kind of completely blow you off. Right. He, you know, from what he was looking at, he thought it was a great thing. So I, I do think it's important. Right. He was being very efficient. Um, but just talking about, so I have lots of examples and all the different careers and stuff that I've had in my life, but um, at home, I homeschooled both of my boys. And so I was with them a lot, so most of the day. Um, so uh, I have two sons and when you, I don't know what it is, if you only have two kids, for some reason they tend to be polar opposites. Um, and mine are. And so I have one son who is that very strong lion personality, um, very bullet point, I mean bullet, very bullet point. Um, and then I have another son who is the exact opposite of that. He is um, more of the gentle golden retriever, uh, beaver kind of analytical guy. Doesn't like conflict. Does not like conflict at all, will avoid it at all costs. And so uh, this is what I had to work with. And so uh, just as being their mom, but also being their primary teacher, uh, how do you do that? How do you deal with two completely different personalities like that? And as you'd said earlier, you can't, you can't have different expectations. I, I usually say when I'm presenting this, I say that's one of the ways you create a serial killer, basically, is there's lots of things that go into it. But um, that is, you know, having different expectations for different children is just going to engender bitterness in your kids. And so the, the standards had to be the same. The expectations had to be the same. What changed was how I communicated. And so with one son, my lion son, uh, you know, it would, I would be talking about, I would go and I am part beaver, I'm beaver otter, which is a weird thing that should never go together. Um, but being a mom and being a teacher, I tend to go into beaver mode. And so if there was an issue, 
you know, I would go into beaver mode and I had to explain everything and this is what you did wrong and this is why and this is the consequences and yeah, all the details. And for my lion son, I mean, I could literally see him all. He was not hearing a single word I said. All he wanted me to do was shut up so he could tell me why I was wrong and what I was saying. And so, I mean, I knew from the moment they were born what their personalities were. It was pretty obvious in a lot of different ways. And so with him, I said, okay, I just need to go into bullet point mode. And that's what I did. So I was like, okay, this is the problem. This is what happened. Here's the consequences. This is what happened if it happens again. Boom, we're out of here. And not a lot of words. And that was very effective. And to this day, they're both adults now. To this day, that still <laughs> tends to be a lot of the way uh, we communicate because that's effective for him. If I spoke that way to my other son, who was more golden retriever, um, it would crush him. I mean, it would just crush him. And I would never get any anything out of him at all. So uh, with a golden retriever personality, it's really important to spend time because details come out over time. Uh, if you ask very direct questions, they have a tendency to, it's, yeah, it's fine. Yes. I'm good. But you don't get any detail. Right. Um, so that was what was really important for knowing their personalities was not the expectations, but how do I personally communicate with them so that I can get the best out of them? Yes. Not, not just imposing what I wanted them to do, but, you know, to actually have some communication with them. Yeah, I, I love that because I think we... We might not admit this, but we come to work and think, well, this is, I'm just going to kind of, this is how I am. I need everyone to respond to my personality type and then we won't have any problems. Or if everyone had the exact same personality with me at work, this will be awesome, yeah, be which, which never happens. Um, let me ask you this, because I get asked this question. Do our personality, is it possible that over time our personalities change or can they be altered by company culture, national culture? What might cause us to, to tweak our personality types over the years? Oh, there are so many things. Um, so I'm not a psychiatrist, so I don't, you know, it's not like I've delved into a big study. of. Yes. But I think most psychiatrists, psychologists, most people uh, agree now that you're born with a certain personality. And it's not like your personality necessarily changes, but it does alter over time for a number of reasons. A lot of things, it can be upbringing. Uh, you can have two people that they might have an identical personality style or personality type, but because one had a very good upbringing, what we think of as a good up upbringing as a child and just kind of a normal, happy childhood, um, it comes out one way, whereas you might have another child who had some trauma mm -hmm. as they were growing up, it can come out very different. So it looks different, even though it's the same. Other things, uh, I think a lot of times we, we get this all the time, people saying, well, you know, I, I took the test and uh, the test that we give is just a series of words. And it's like, how do you identify with these words? And I think that in, a, in and of itself is a little misleading because uh, because we deal with a lot of leader types. Uh, lions tend to gravitate towards leadership positions. We tend to have a lot of lion people mm -hmm. in our leadership groups. And that may or may not be true. That may be they may actually be lions. But I think a lot of times as they're checking off those words, you know, being decisive, being bold, bold being, um, and they're thinking, oh, I do that. I do that. I do that. Well, they may have a leadership, but they may be the boss or whatever they have to do is all of those things, but that may not actually be their personality. They may be something else completely different at home, um, but they've taken on those personality traits over time because that's what their job requires. 
And so I think we do talk about that because sometimes we will have people say, I, yeah, I mean, I came out as this, but I kind of think I'm more that. And I always tell them, you know what, the, the test isn't psychic. It doesn't actually know what your personality is. It's just a reflection of how you answered those questions. And so sometimes it, it may be you may not know yourself as well as you think you do. Sometimes it may be because your job requires you to act a certain way on a regular basis. So, yeah, oh, yeah, I do that all the time even though it may not be your actual base personality. But there's just so many different that you could be hungry <laughs> or yes. in a hurry when you took the test. There's just so many things. And so I always tell them it's more important as we go through all these personalities, it's more important. Do you see yourself up here? Do you see yourself? Sometimes you're clashing with other people because of this, what we're talking about, yeah. or yeah, sometimes I'm short with people or yeah, sometimes I don't tell people when I'm upset. Um, that is more important than what the piece of paper says, yeah, I think. I like that. Yeah, that's good. And I, yeah, I think I noticed that when, when I was a leader, I've got tendencies I was born with. But I, I had somebody come to me once and say, well, I don't think you're going to be a good plant manager. Um, they said, well, you've got a lot of talent. This guy was on my side. He was a fan of mine. But he said, I think you're going to struggle as a plant manager. And I said, why? He said, because you don't yell and scream at people. He said, because most plant managers are lions. They get in people's faces and they do. And so that got me thinking a little bit. I, my first thought was, wow, that I probably won't be good at it. But then I realized, well, what was he really saying? He, I think he was saying is you, you've got to hold people accountable as a leader, as a supervisor. Well, there's to me, there's many ways that you can hold people accountable. And, and I remember thinking, if I have to yell and scream at people to hold people accountable, yes, I'm not going to be successful. Because to your point, I could do that for a little while, but that's not really who I am. So that would really stress me out. That's like taking somebody who's fun-loving and, in our words, an otter. They love people and they love talking and they love, you know, large groups of people and parties and, and then go, hey, could you just sit at this job for the next five years and do spreadsheets all day? Well, they'll do it for a little bit right. if it pays the bills, but at some point they're going to be stressed. So for me, what I realized over time was the real key is what do we want to accomplish at work? We want to get things done on time. We want high quality work, we want timely work, we want safe work, we want employees to love what they're doing. Well, so sometimes I had to use all four in our case. And and I think that's also important that people realize that they can't pick one of these and stick with it all day and think that's going to work. And so that's where, yes, I understand people thinking some of this is warm and fuzzy and how does it really play out. But I think when they sit through our sessions, I think you see the light bulb come on about what well, this is why this person is, drives me crazy at work. And maybe I can do something to help that relationship and help the communication than if, than if I didn't. Yeah, and I think more to your point, what you were just talking yeah. about, and I, we've seen this in the news lately, it's uh, more and more, because when we were growing up, coaches yelled at people. Mm -hmm. that, that's, what you did. that's what you did. You yelled at your athletes and that was more of a common thing. And, you know, here lately, it seems like there's some coaches who've gotten in trouble yes. for that sort of thing. Uh, and so it's like, I think people who are that personality, who are like the yell and scream and be very mm -hmm. passionate, that may seem effective, but you're going to have, if you have a group of people or a team or whatever it is, you're going to have some people who are more that golden retriever or, you know, some personality that, that just Recoil is crushed. That, yeah. Yes. And so they may go along with it because they're intimidated but it is crushing them personally. And so I think at work, uh, you know, as I said, a lot of leaders tend to be lion personalities because lions gravitate towards leadership. They enjoy being in charge. So if that is your personality and if that is your style, that, that loud, 
brash, yelling, whatever, um, just know that you're crushing some people that work for you. Mm-hmm. It may seem like others are responding to that, or you may get them to do what you want them to do. In the short term. Yeah, but it's crushing them. Yeah, and I think there's, as Deb said, in our sessions we go through all the pros and cons of each personality type because there, there are absolutely strengths and weaknesses for all of them. There's a lot of great stuff about lions and beavers, oh, yeah. and, but but understanding this going, maybe in this meeting, I need to maybe not be the first one to speak and let other people go first. So you're not abandoning your lion, so to speak, but you're you're kind of rounding the edges a little bit. And then, you know, in our life, we spent time overseas. We spent a lot of time in Asia. Mm-hmm. And I saw in it's Asia, when, when we talk about national culture. Yeah. A lion is not perceived as a leader generally in Japan and China and places like that. Mm-hmm. It's more of, they do like more of the beaver, golden retriever, more of the introverted. Where So now Americans can come into that culture and look brash and bold and speak up. And it's a turnoff. Mm-hmm. And so that's the other thing people don't realize is that in America, we're very independent. John Wayne kind of take the hill kind of thing. And there again, awesome stuff about that. But as you work with different people different personality types, different culture, different upbringing, like you said earlier, really understanding these uh, goes a long way to getting people on, on your side and getting things done. It doesn't mean we're, like you said, we're not changing standards, we're not abandoning uh, expectations, we're not ignoring poor behavior, poor performance, but it does look kind of very different from a, from the whole. Well, and we, we talk a lot about this in, in our sessions too, about um, just looking at the world and Americans are very individualistic. We are an individualistic society and we're about the only one. I mean, Western mm-hmm. Europe and the United States, that's, mm-hmm. that's pretty much, and Australia. Yep. I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. Everybody else, Asia, Africa in particular, and South America. Latin America. Yeah. yeah. Um, they are very communalistic or collectivistic. Okay. So they're, it's all about the community. It's all about what is best for the collective, the family, the clan, the community, the city, the town, whatever it is, they value that. That is much more important than being in that individualistic is just selfish. Mm-hmm. And so you get the, the, the ugly American, you know, the American who goes overseas to a different uh, society that thinks very differently. And we're always the loudest. I, I, I've yes. traveled overseas. We're always the loudest everywhere we go. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a group of Americans, everybody's kind of looking at you like, what are you doing? Uh, but that, that's, that is such a difference in everything. It just, it, it affects everything the way you, you, you see everything. And so, um, and I've seen a lot of that during the pandemic, you know, when you look at other countries and how they've responded, mm-hmm. how the United States has responded, it all goes back to that. Are you a very individualistic society or a collective society? And the more we have people coming to the United States, cause we still are a melting pot. We really are. But the more we have people coming from other countries, other societies, you're going to have them in your in your businesses, yeah. and what we perceive as being a great leader is not what they perceive. And you may overlook somebody who may be a fantastic leader because they don't look like the John Wayne, follow me, boys. Yeah, let's take the hill. Yeah, I like that. So, so here's, the, and I'm going to wrap it up here by saying this: I know anyone that's listening to this podcast wants to get a bunch of stuff done at work. They want to make money. They want to do things with excellence. I also know that none of you listening to this podcast want to lose your best people. I mean, that's in, in, in our society right now, what are you hearing? We can't find good people. Well, if you, I think as a leader, as a company, if you, want to, if you want to get things done and you want to do it in a way that keeps your best people around and keeps, keeps people motivated, 
keeps their passion burning. So not only it works and when they go home at night, they're in the, a better condition to be with their family. Understanding personality types is a big part of that. And again, it's this is a, a small part of what we do in our three-day sessions. But I think it, it really, what I've seen over the last several years that we've done this, I've seen leaders, again, the light bulb's gone on. And we get a lot of stories where people come back around and say, wow, thanks for that because now I'm, I could never communicate with this person or this person drove me nuts. And I've heard just as much of this at home, you know, for people's home lives. So, so, so thanks for being here today. Thanks for helping us out as you do all the time with this subject. But uh, hopefully this was a good uh, start for some of you that have never heard about this. It's a good reminder for those of you that have. But again, uh, thanks for being part of the John Harrison podcast. And we'll thanks look forward for to our next episode. Thanks, Deb. Thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or thoughts about today's episode or even ideas for a future episode, you can contact us through our website at johnharrisonvip.com or follow us on any of our social media platforms.